at the head of the creek and I'm going up to see her about two times a week. Kiss her on the mouth, sweet as any wine. Wrap herself around me like a sweet potato vine. Hi, this is Mr. Dottavio. Welcome to Cat Scratch Radio, the official podcast of Room 304 in Wake Forest Middle School. Now here's Charles with the rest of the introduction. Welcome to the Cat Scratch Chronicles. My name is Charles, and today, October 10th, well, we are talking about Indigenous Peoples Day. Of the topics today, we will be talking about famous Indigenous people and the intensely diverse culture of Native Americans, along with many other amazing topics. Thank you, Charles. And up first, we'll have Mohammed and Diego discussing some Indigenous music after this station identification. You are listening to Cat Scratch Radio. <laughs> Home of the Cougars. Hi, I'm Diego and Ibrahim Mama. The Stong Stadium powwow is by the Tribe Called Red. The Tribe Called Red is an electronic group. Hallucination, previous known as the Tribe Called Red, has garnered international acclaim for its political charge powwow drum dri- driven dance music. The members of the Tribe Called Red are now known as the Hallucination. Tim 200 Tuli Man, Hill Earn, Bear Witness, and Thomas. What happened to the tribe called Ren, the Hallucination? Co founder Ian, DJ, and DN, Camp, Campu, of the Nipissing First Nation, left the band for health reasons in October 2017, with the band opting to remain a duo for, for the same time being. The group's former name was an homage to a tribe called Quest, a hip-hop group that also had songs that addressed African-American social grievance. Next up, we have Taylor discussing Chief Osceola and his history. Hi, my name is Taylor, and today we'll be talking about the indigenous warrior Osceola, who was well-known Native American warrior from being the Seminole Indian leader during the Sec- Seminole War with the United States in 1830s. Indigenous means any group of people native to a region. He was born in 1804 in Tallahassee, Alabama, and in 18 to 18 and in 1817 to 1818, Osceola became a supporter of Seminole rights, and he led a he led the young Indians who were against the Treaty of Payne's land, Landing in 1832. He then died of a disease in 1836. He was a very important leader to help the Native Americans and was a very courageous warrior. Let's throw it back to Charles with one of our words of the day. Indigenous, native to a certain area or naturally occurring in that area. And now Cricket will define a reservation. My name is Cricket and we're talking about the history of Native Reservations. There are many different reservations for Native Americans today, like the White Earth Reservation and the Pine Ridge Reservation. Why have them? Because first, they had reservations to keep Native Americans out of the land that the Europeans wanted. We will continue our podcast in a moment after this ad for the powwow coming to Dick's Park this weekend. Hi, my name is Cody. And my name is Kwahim. We're going to tell you about the powwow event. There is a powwow event on Saturday, October 8th. Walking walking will be necessary in and around the event area. Please note, portions of the event have uneven surfaces. Close to close toe shoes are recommended. 
There will be a few food vendors at this event. Depending on attendance, there may be long lines and long wait times. You're eligible to bring your own food and drinks, non-alcoholic. The only available restrooms will be ported on. You can bring your dog, but make sure they're leashed and clean up any mess they make. Please stay home if you are sick, because you might have COVID and we do not want sickness to spread. Parking is available in all paved and parking lots. Due to the high volume of people and limited parking, please carpool if possible. Th- there will be dancing and music and everybody should go. Thank you. Thank you. Pow Wow, a, nat- a Native American event involving traditional dancing, food, and singing. And now KB with a review of the movie Smoke Signals. Hi, my name is KB, and I'm here to talk about the movie Smoke Signals. The movie Smoke Signals start off with two boys named Victor and Thomas. Thomas is an eccentric storyteller, and Victor is an angry young man who enjoys playing basketball. Victor and Thomas are brought together when Victor's father, Arnold, saved Thomas from as an infant from a burning house that killed his parents. So Thomas considers Arnold a hero. On the other hand, Victor, who endures Arnold's alcoholism, domestic violence, and eventual child abandonment, has a bitter resentment and deep love for his father. Thomas and Victor grew up with a rocky friendship, fighting constantly. When Arnold dies, Thomas and Victor go on a journey to achieve his ashes. This trip, the trip is the means for Victor and Thomas to explore their identities. Neither of them loses sight of his identity as an quote-unquote Indian, but their perspectives differ. Victor is more stoic, and Thomas is more traditional. Dichotomy is portrayed all throughout the film. It results in Victor being irritated with Thomas and Thomas being fascinated with Victor. Once they reach Phoenix, Victor has to confront his conflicted feelings about his father as well as his own identity. He has to grapple with a new account of Thomas's parents' death as told by his father's friend, Susie Song. She says that a drunken Arnold set off fireworks, accidentally starting the fire that caused Thomas's parents. The road trip by, a, by the young men leads to Thomas reconciling with the memory of his adoptive father, Arnold, as he understands of his past to alcoholism and related abuse and abandonment. Victor also gains a better understanding of Thomas and his reverence for Arnold. By the end of the movie, Victor and Thomas throw Arnold's ashes into a river as a form of acceptance. While it was not, it was not the first film created by Native filmmakers in the U.S., Smoke Signals is recognized as the first feature-length film written, directed, and produced by Native Americans to reach a wide audience, both in the U.S. and abroad. This film is also notable for its authenticity with regard to its cast of Native American actors and actresses. And because it was filmed on location on the Cordell Lane uh, Indian Reservation in Idaho. Fred, you know what this is? This is a mouth bowl. Mouth bows are being made by people all over the world for thousands of years. It's one of the oldest musical instruments in the whole world. It's like a drum. It's found all over the world. If you want one, you got to make it yourself. I had to make this one. Listen to what this sounds like. Hi, my name is Albert. My blog post is about Miss St. Marie. 
Miss St. Marie was born February 20th, 1941. She's an indigenous Canadian singer and songwriter, also a musician, an Oscar-winning composer artist, educator, and pacifist. Even though she was great at a lot of things, all of her work was to fixing issues with indigenous people of the Americas. Her music has been recorded by lots of artists, including Jennifer Warms and Glenn Campbell. An Oscar is an Academy Award for the American and Canadian film industry. Personal life. Saint Marie was born in 1941. She was taken as an infant. It was the government's policy to take back then, to take Native Americans back then, and sell them to white families. After being adopted by an American family, she attended the University of Massachusetts, earning degrees in teaching and graduating among top ten in her classes. An infant is a very young child or baby. A career life. Marie plays guitar and the piano, being self-taught in her childhood. She also made music in college, one being Anina's The Indian Lament. In the 1960s. 1963, she was recovering from a throat infection. St. Marie, being addicted to codeine and recovering from the experience, became the basis of her song, Codeine. Also in 1963, she witnessed wounding Vietnam soldiers returning home from the Vietnam War at a time when the U.S. government was denying involvement. This inspired her protest song, Universal, Universal Soldier. In 1964, 1964, later became a hit for both Donovan and Glenn Campbell. During St. Marie's career, she made it obvious her music was was inspired by her indigenous culture. She also inspired millions with her music and was an idol to many. You are now listening to Cat Scratch Radio, home of the Cougars. Hi, my name is Natalia, and I'm talking about Reservation Dogs. The show follows a group of indigenous kids living on a reservation in Oklahoma, and they're desperate to get out. It is groundbreaking in that it was directed, written, and stars indigenous people. Vincent Stilling, an associate editor at Indian Country Today and a Rotten Tomatoes critic, said he was pretty nervous to watch the show at first. Reservation Dogs was created by Sterling Harjo, who Stilling says essentially made the show as a tribute to his own life. Harjo grew up in Oklahoma, and the risks he took making the show helped flip the script on how Native people have long been stereotyped the film. Uh, I think you should watch the show. Trail of Tears, a nickname for a time when Native Americans were forcefully moved by settlers out west into reservations far away from their original homeland. Let's pick back up with Lincoln as he discusses the tribes of North Carolina. There are about eight tribes all over North Carolina, and today I will tell you about those eight. First is the Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians. The Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians were once a small population in Western America with only about a thousand people, but today the Cherokee Indians have the population of 9,600 people. Um, Next is the Meharan Tribe. The Meharan Tribe is a tribe north, north of North Carolina, 
and fought neighboring tribes. They were also close allies to the Tuscarora Indians and played a supportive role in the Tuscarora War. Next is the Gohari tribe. The Gohari tribe is located southeastern region of North Carolina around the Little Gohari River and have a population of around 3,000 people with 20% of the population living outside of the Gohari land. The Halawa Saponi tribe that has around 4,000 people in the United States. The tribe has created schools and other institutions to pass down the past of its culture. The Lumbee tribe is the biggest tribe controlling Robeson, Hoke, Cumberland, and Scotland counties. The population is around 31,000 people. Pembroke is the economic, cultural, and political center of the tribe. The Okanichi tribe is the smallest tribe, owning the Caswell, Alamance, and Orange counties, with the population of around 1,100 people. The Okanichi tribe was first mentioned in 1650. The Saponi tribe is a small tribe with a population of 850 in a small land of Person County. The Saponi tribe has passed on their cultures and continues to maintain it. The Wacomal Siwan tribe was once home to South Carolina, but were forced to refuge in North Carolina. They are towards the southeast of America in the Swampy Lands. The, t- the population is around 2,500 people, and they celebrate their fifth annual Wacomal Siwan powwow celebration. Jim Thorpe, real name James Francis Thorpe, one was one of the most accomplished all-around athletes in history. In 1950, American sports writers and broadcasters chose him as the greatest athlete and the best gridiron football player for of the first half of the 20th century. He was born on May 28, 1888, close to the plague, Indian Territory, now in Oklahoma, passed away on March 28, 1953 in Latimer, California. Thorpe, who primary of American Indian intended Carthel Indian Indian Industrial School in Pennsylvania, as well as Haskell Indian School in Lawrence, Kansas. He was selected as a halfback on Walter Camp's All-America teams in 1911 and 1912 while playing football under Pop Warren's coaching, he was a marvel of all-around talent, speed, and power. The International Olympic Committee decided to take Jim's medal away after the 1912 games on the grounds that he had disobeyed auditorium's regulations in the place at the time. He had to, he had to be accepted as a charity case when he was hospitalized for lip cancer in 1950. After suffering his third heart attack, the 64-year-old Jim Thorpe died in his trailer home in Ludlam, California on 28th, March, 1953. Our final segment of today's podcast on Indigenous Peoples Day is about the movie Pocahontas from Disney. Hi, I'm Sydney. Hi, I'm Jack. And today we're going to discuss the fact or fiction about Pocahontas. Um, Pocahontas, the Native American movie created by Disney, was not true. Some things in the movie were changed and wrong from the facts and history. In the first scene of the movie, it's setting sail. The colony was sponsored by the Virginia Company of London. The company also supported English national goals of counterbalancing the expression of other European nations abroad. 
and converting the Virginia Indians to Anglican religion. The Susan Constant Godspeed and Discovery carrying 105 passengers, passengers, one of whom died during the voyage, departed from England in December 1606 and reached the Virginia coast in late April 1607. The expedition was led by Captains Christopher Newport and John Smith. The next scene talks about Pocahontas and John Smith's relationship. When the English arrived and settled in Jamestown in May 1607, Pocahontas was about 11 years old. John Smith called her a child of 10-year-olds, while other colonists described her as a young girl cartwheeling naked through Jamestown. As a young girl, Pocahontas would have worn little to no clothing and her hair shaven except for small sections in the back that are grown out and usually braided. Pocahontas was named Amute at birth and went by Moataw. She supposedly earned the nickname Pocahontas, which means playful one, because of her happy, inquisitive nature. Disney failed this because in the scene, it shows that she is a lot older, her hair, and and she is clothed. The Disney movie didn't describe Pocahontas in her life correctly. It was untrue and false fact. Thank you to everyone for listening to today's episode on Indigenous Peoples Day. I wanted to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to our student-led podcast, but also for the maturity shown by your students and our fellow classmates on such a serious and important topic such as Indigenous Peoples Day. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Athki.